0: Hockey Central at Noon on Sportsnet 960. The
1: Fan. Welcome to Hockey Central at Noon. Peter Klein, Will Nult, and Logan Gordon with you today. The offseason uh, now well underway as we get ready for next week's NHL draft. I've never done draft prep while watching playoff baseball before, but thus is 2020. Will, how are you today, sir?
0: Doing great, Pete. Uh, as you mentioned, it's kind of a, a dream day. I know that uh, we could have had a Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final, but uh, nonetheless, it's a, an exciting sports day for sure. Eight baseball playoff games, and then you've got Game One of the NBA Finals. It's uh, it's a pretty good Wednesday, and and everything kind of happening at once. And we all kind of expected that going into this fall, but now that it's happening, it, it really is uh, quite special. And uh, I'm I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, there's no complaints here. And we also have the wonderful world of the NFL that is uh, providing us with some entertainment and some tough stories as well. Um, But uh, we can get to that as the day rolls along. Like Logan said in the update, two o'clock first pitch or just after two o'clock is the first pitch for the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays in game two of their wildcard series. We'll be taking that one with you today. So it's a bit of a sprint to two o'clock today here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Without any further ado, let's bring in our Flames insider, the color voice of the calgary flames peter lubardius
2: flames insider peter lubardius brought to you by the gemini group imagine your life your style your home renovation should be a reflection of you give your home the gemini difference visit geminigroup.ca
1: good afternoon mr lubardius i'm sure you're hating all the playoff baseball that is on right now
2: yeah it's rotten i'm i'm not a big fan (laughs) of the competition for sure um nor the sport no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big sports fan whatsoever. However, uh, you know, baseball is is an interesting one for me these days because it's become. What's the best way to put it? Well, I'm not going to go on my launch angle rant again today. There's no point. Um, but I will say this from a very very positive standpoint, guys. I, I love all team sports. Um, certainly maybe one a little bit more than the other, but, but I, I'm a massive baseball and softball fan. They're, they're right neck and neck with hockey for me. And when baseball is at this time of year, I think it provides some of the greatest sports drama that there is, period. It, it Just every pitch seems like it matters. Every play, um, you know, watching the Jays yesterday, brought with it a lot of different emotions, depending on how invested you are. And and I, you know, I've grown to like the Jays more than I ever have probably in the past. I'm not going to lie to you guys, you know, just a little story. And I know it's Hockey Central at noon, but, um, you know, because I'm significantly older than both of you, my favorite team since I was five or six has been the Los Angeles Dodgers. And, you know, the Montreal Expos were always, number two or, or one B. Um, So when the blue Jays came along, I I was certainly happy to have another Canadian option, but it's weird for me sometimes because I think I was an expo person first when the Jays kind of got really, really hot in the eighties. I, I almost went the other way. I almost jumped off the wagon, but uh, was there invested Interested by a few of the decisions, including not starting their ace in game number one, as the former Dodger, Hun Ryu will go today in game two. But um, baseball, guys, is so different in 2020 than it was even 10 years ago, just in how it's played. You know, I do, I got to admit, and it sounds like I'm a curmudgeon, but I miss. I miss the way it used to be played and thought, you know, with pitchers going longer and everything baseball wise is turned into such a such a specialty scenario with how it's looked at and how it's handled.
1: Yeah, and the, the pitching decision yesterday, uh, not only not going with Ryu, but how they managed the bullpen and how quickly they got to the bullpen uh, was one that was certainly discussed uh, quite a bit and another one that I'm sure we could do um, a pretty lengthy show on. Uh, but uh, as you said, this is Hockey Central at noon, um, so do want to pivot to uh, some news that we had yesterday. Uh, Valamaki, when we've talked about the lack of playing time he has had over the last 18 months. That's going to change as he is on loan to Finland. Uh, Some pretty encouraging news, and just nice to get the young prospect some playing time now, Lou. Well,
2: really, really encouraging for a young man with, I think, an incredibly promising future, has an opportunity to be a massive piece of the Calgary Flames' defense going forward. He's just 21 and I know you guys both know this because you made reference to it. He hasn't played a hockey game since April the 19th of 2019, which was game five of the Flames opening round series. Uh, just got off the phone, in fact, uh, texting back and forth with his fine agent, a gentleman by the name of Dave Cowan, who informs me that his training is going very, very well. He's in incredible physical shape, never been in better shape. And we know that he's had lots of time to work on it and that you is so, so excited to have an opportunity to get back and play again. It has been a long time. He's an incredibly for people who haven't met him. Uh, I I think he has the whole package. He's grounded. He's motivated. He's skilled. He's confident. I He has leadership abilities. I always say one thing, so I'll repeat it. I just, when I think about Uso, as much about a hockey player as a person, I just don't want him to change. I I think he's well above his years in a lot of different ways. And I don't know if this has been public yet, but according to his agent, there's a, a pretty good chance that he'll play in a game on Friday. So note that one on your Finnish league calendar. Uh, they're going to play. Elvis, and it's doubly exciting for Yusso because Ilvis is his hometown. It's where he played all his minor hockey and played all the way up until he left home to become a member of the Tri-City Americans in 2015-2016. So he's probably going to be eased in. Um, <laughs> as, as Mr. Cowan told me, uh, You know, is not one of those guys that will love to be eased in. I'm really, really excited for him. And, you know, even if I go back, I don't know about you guys, doesn't training camp for the Flames in July feel like it was a thousand years ago already? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It really does. But during that that stretch, what was really evident, again, considering all the time you so admit, is – All he needs is to get back playing because all the tools, the poise, his vision, the way he sees the game, you know, it got harder for him as that camp went along just because he'd been away and his game shape wasn't where it needed to be. But in terms of, you know, those three games that they played before they left to go to Edmonton, in each and every game, you just saw his special abilities. So that's a great story, and I think a pretty good place to start today.
1: Uh, as we go into the offseason season, get ready for the draft, prospects are going to be front of mind for a lot of people. Uh, there's a, a couple other fl- uh, Flames prospect that you have an eye on. Well, I do, and one of them is off to a great start because he's back
2: playing a seventh-round pick of the Flames a number of years ago, and that's Dimitri Zabgorodny. And Zabgorodny is back playing for SKA in the Continental Hockey League back at home and had a game where he's already had three assists. He, he's made great progression in his time in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in Ramuski, a seventh-round pick. Um, you know, not the world's biggest guy, can make plays, plays with great energy, never feel like he has a hard time going to the difficult areas. And, you know, when you can take a player in the seventh round, and I wanted to go there because one of the things, Peter and Will, I've been thinking about, you know, in preparation for what's going to be an interesting, fascinating off season is in terms of making your overall decisions for your team is how many prospects at this point have taken strides and do you feel like they have a real opportunity to play? So one is Zav who really, truly caught my eye. I'll never forget it. Um, you know, on the computer watching the, what's now known as the Holenka Gretzky cup. And he was playing for Russia. i would never watched him and, um, you know, couldn't really take my eyes off of him in that tournament. He ended up with five goals and five assists for 10 points and um, really, really blew me away. And, you know, then went to Ramuski, where he's played with some pretty good players. One who's just about to go number one in the upcoming National Hockey League draft and others, you know, including Alexi Lafreniere. So i um, very impressed. And it's great in two ways that, at a time where development leagues are not started in a lot of ways and in a lot of places, you know, now that's two guys. But, he, but here's somebody I wanted to talk about today that I really haven't heard anything about in terms of conversation. And one thing I think we'd all be on the same page is if you were invited to the Flames camp and you made that grouping, to me that says that, there was some real opportunity and an opportunity that you've taken strides and that at some point you're going to be able to play. you guys want to take a quick guess at who I might be thinking about? I won't make Um, it. I won't, I, I won't leave you for too long. I, I don't. One, one player that really jumped out at me during that camp and said, boy, have I seen strides? And, well, you and I have spent a number of summer scrimmages together over the last few years, and that player is Adam Ruzicka,
1: 21
2: years old, fourth-round pick, 2017 draft. And I thought this summer when I saw him coming off, you know, a pretty successful first full season in the American League – when he put up 10 goals and 27 points 6 foot 4 210 pounds you know put up great numbers in the Ontario Hockey League including a split season in Sarnia and Sudbury where he went off for 88 points three time member of the Slovakian World Junior team but it was this summer in particular guys from my standpoint that I saw massive strides, which, again, says a lot about, you know, Kale McLean and Stockton and, and the great job that coaching staff has done, you know, um, Ronnie Sutter and, and the development of some of these prospects. And he's just somebody that I haven't heard anybody really talk about. But if this summer was any indication, and when you think about putting the big Flames puzzle board together, it's, I've seen some great things and, and saw some real upside, obviously, from Ruzichkin Jr. But the knock on Ruzichkin Jr. was, you know, one game he looked fabulous and then you might go two or three games. There's a real consistency thing. But I just I saw great growth. Um, you know, somebody size. I think he's added some more physicality and just way more consistent – even in the course of that camp. And again, the more assets and prospects that you have that you think can play and can fit certain roles gives you more options. And right now, in some ways, whether it is developmentally or cap space or lots of things to think about, Jen, so I just, I wanted to bring him up today because I haven't heard that name mentioned really at all. And I'm not saying i put him in the for-sure-he's-going-to-play category, but he's he's moved for me into that equation from wasn't sure to now I can really see it.
1: Chatting with our Flames insider, Peter Labartius here on Hockey Central at noon, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I'm Peter Klein. He's Will Nolte.
0: On that same kind of note, Lou, just maybe the last one on the Flames. What about on on defense in terms of, you know, we talked about Valimaki. I know you've talked about some other pieces there. But with all the uncertainty, with a flat cap, with not Mm -hmm. really uh, knowing what the free agent market looks like in terms of contracts and what's available to players and the fact the Flames have – five ufa defensemen that are likely you know all of them are not going to come back to this organization what type of movement do you see there in a potential training camp next year
2: well well, i love the conversation and and well i think it was pardon me if it wasn't yesterday but you know peter will remember that i'm pretty high on what i saw at least with my own eyes for you know a week or so with connor Mackey. i, I think he's close i, I really do so But again, that's down in your depth chart. Um, The Flames, you know, whether it's potentially re-signing a TJ Brody, re-signing an Eric Gustafson, or going from the outside, well, it's an awesome conversation, and, and it's a great time. I don't know if there's anything more important anyway to kick around, but don't you think a lot of it depends on where the first domino falls. And what I mean, and well we talked yesterday about being on the same page and I think we are about you and I am I speaking out of turn to say that you like me could see the flames being involved in in another potentially decent sized transaction. Are you there?
0: Yeah, 100%. W-
2: yeah, okay. Um now, um that's that's kind of how I'm leaning too. But whether it's, you know, you're in on Petrangelo, um, whether you're in on Oliver ekman Larson, don't you think that the first domino falling for your team will say a lot? So let's say they're yeah. not in, okay? Let's say they're not in on those couple of guys, Um And you've decided, I I think there's a chance they bring T.J. Brody back. But as you just mentioned, isn't everything dependent on what role you want that player to play and then the price? Yep. So, um, you know, how much can it's it's different in terms of what I'm going to pay for a first pairing type player and what I'm going to pay for. You know, in TJ's case, is TJ for me, especially right now, still a top four guy? Well, on this team, yes. Yes, he is. But does that make sense? Until I know exactly where they might be headed, then it becomes difficult. And another guy that I'd point to is is Eric Gustafson. So, you know, I've seen contracts with him for like five or more, and I'm not going there. I'm, 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 I, unless I truly feel like he can be in my top four, I have a hard time. And and that one is trouble for me because I saw some great things from him in the playoffs. He had a down year. He had a 60-point season the year before. But, you know, the hard thing about what people like Brad Treleving have to do is you know, deciding at this point with the body of work where you've arrived. Now, maybe maybe the Flames think he can be in their top four. and if And if he is, on top of the fact that he, for me right now, if you're talking about players in the organization that we've seen, are we on the same page as a group of three in terms of, I think he's the best power play quarterback option they have.
0: Yeah, I I'm there. Yep. You guys guys
2: both there? So you know, that's that's I love the conversation because there's just there's so many things to think about because if you acquire somebody, let's say let's say the flames have targeted Tyson Berry. Well again, guess what? That changes the whole equation, right? In terms of now now there's an offensive guy to potentially, if you think quarterback your first power play play in your top four but then there's the money and and some of the projections I've seen on Tyson Berry and I like Tyson Berry I just uh, you know and I have since he was in Kelowna um and he's a great kid it didn't work in Toronto so you know but am I willing to pay him or darn near anybody seven million a year with term Uh uh-uh no I'm not there are very few guys in the NHL right now, right now available. And maybe this is a great conversation for tomorrow. And that is the Flames current internal cap is at $7 million. That's the top of the list with Matthew Kachuk. How many guys are you willing to go over that number on or
0: with? Good topic. And yeah, maybe that is one we we kick around tomorrow. Just a couple more, Lou. We do want to talk Henrik Lundqvist. Maybe we'll end there. But first, just on this defense conversation. Because you talk about, you know, you let off the conversation with with prospects and and maybe some forgotten guys. And you mentioned Adam Ruzicka in that conversation. Boy, you talk about forgotten guys. All the acquisitions they made at the deadline. The fact that he was a healthy scratch and and we really didn't see him for... The, the the tail end, I mean, where does Oliver Shillington fit in all this? Oh, space?
2: yeah, okay. Um,
0: Is that where it, you thought I was going? Uh, well, well I, I was
2: thinking foreboard, and then you went a little deeper and talked about prospects, and I got off of that really quick. No, that's um, – it's. I love this one, in fact, and I don't think at this point – unless you feel like you're really willing to commit to a more significant role for him. And I'm not saying that there's not an opportunity to do that. He's he's a difficult player for me. And the reason he is a difficult player for me is that he leaves me, in a lot of cases, wanting more. Remember, he's played professional hockey now, for a long time. And, well, I don't know if this answers it, but it's the best that I can do. You know, Oliver has lots of skating ability. He's got some offensive upside, but he right now in the NHL, at least for the Flames, has been a tweener. And And what I mean by that is he hasn't really shown that he's ready to be in a top-four role because you don't necessarily trust him defensively enough I haven't you know and yet have I seen great stride like have I seen strides there I have but it's almost like he's stuck in being a player that knows that he has skills and knows that he has upside but in a 5-6 role you have to be trusted defensively first you guys know what I'm saying Yep. If you're in a top mm-hmm. four role, then it becomes different. So it's almost like he's stuck he He's not as trustworthy as you'd like him to be sometimes in a third pairing, where that to me is what the third pairing is about in a lot of cases. so he's he's stuck and and as a result, as you can tell, my thinking on him right now. I'm stuck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that would uh, share that line of thinking. And and a lot of people kind of stuck onto what he may turn out to be when it's all said and done as a NHL defenseman. All right. Lastly, it is Henrik Lundqvist. The day in New York. The Rangers uh, are, are... paying tribute to their great goaltender 15 seasons in Manhattan at the world famous arena. And uh, while the, the career numbers speak for themselves when you lead original six franchise in multiple categories, when it comes to statistics, you've done something right. And Lou just came across this tweet uh, courtesy of the athletic Henrik Lundqvist four-year playoff peak from 2011 to 2015 76 games, a 9.30 save percentage, six shutouts in 19 games. One facing elimination, he had a 9.53 save percentage. And in game sevens, he had a 9.67. One Stanley Cup final, two conference finals. Doesn't have that cup ring. But as I say, the career speaks for itself. And I know that you uh, definitely respect the career that Henrik Lundqvist has had. And and I don't know if it's over yet. I, I, I do think there is potential to sign somewhere as a one B on a contender, but his time in the Big Apple is done, Lou. Well, my first one, and I find myself always
2: feeling this way in these situations, can I blame the New York Rangers for going in a different direction with where they are no? Because in Shisterkin especially, I think they feel like they found their next guy. And so and Henrik is not what he once was. So at a certain point in time in sports, it gets very difficult because, you know, that's a Hall of Fame player and, and that's somebody whose banner at Madison Square Garden in number is very likely to get raised to the roof, right? So I think we all, including myself, when those things happen, um, because it happens so rarely too, where, you know, somebody starts and ends and it's a great career and you get the celebration, but... You know, the the Rangers, I think, have no choice with their two Russian goalies in particular to move and go in a different direction. And But, you know, Henrik Lundqvist has done it all. He's headed to the Hall of Fame. He's been an incredible New York Ranger. Um, you know, he's been an absolute pleasure to deal with, to talk to, to watch him go about his craft. And so... I'm saddened in the sense that I'd like sometimes in life for people who do great things in one place for a long time to call their own shot, but in life we don't always get to call our own shot.
1: A good spot to to leave that today. Again, um, like you said, I'm imagining we get a Jersey retirement for him basically as soon as possible whenever we can get people back into Madison Square Garden. Uh, Lou, awesome stuff as always. We'll chat tomorrow. Okay, guys. Enjoy all the baseball.
2: Flames Insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca.
1: Still a lot to get to here on Hockey Central at noon on a baseball day on Sportsnet 960 The Fan with the Blue Jays and Tampa Bay Rays going at 2 o'clock here on the station. So a lot to fit in between now and then. We'll continue with a bit more of the Henrik Lundqvist conversation and more hockey talk next here on Hockey Central at noon, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: On Sportsnet 960. Peter Klein, Will Nalt, Logan Gordon with you today. I think the biggest news coming out of the NHL today, Will, is something that was reported yesterday, made official today. Henrik Lundqvist, uh, no longer a member of the New York Rangers, as he is bought out uh, one of five players in the buyout portion of the the Rangers' salary cap page right now, but but before we get into what this means for the Rangers, it really is the end of an era today, as one of the best goalies in the league for a long time, uh, now currently without a home, as the Rangers buyout Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, and
0: uh, it, it really is. It's a great way to put it—the end of an era. Because every time you think of the Rangers, you think of Henrik Lundqvist, and anybody, you know, that, that is a hockey fan, I, I think looks at it. And all due respect to to Mike Mike Richter, um, you know, you think of Lundqvist immediately when you when you think of of the Rangers, and it, it's just, you know, it, it's sad because you know I see it already on Twitter today, and a lot of this happens when a, a player of his stature you know, moves away from the franchise. We we saw similar stuff to an extent in Calgary with the Ginla, but a lot of people wondering if the Rangers gave it their best with Lundqvist in goal. And I, I would suggest with one Stanley Cup final and two conference finals on his resume that they did definitely, you know, you, you can't say they didn't try or, or wasted his talent and, and uh, the numbers that he put up. I mean, all those straight years with 40, ish wins definitely north of 30 and, and the fact that he goes down leading the original six franchise in a ton of goalie statistical categories including games played wins take percentage and shutouts um it, it's pretty crazy and then you factor in that you know he went to 11 or, or playoffs in 11 of 15 seasons and sorry the conference final three times not two uh so really it's 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 remarkable that you know, it's it's come to an end. You, you kind of can't believe it in a lot of ways because you never really thought this was going to happen, especially not with term left on his deal. I know it was only one year, but um it's it's definitely uh one that, that I, I think a lot of hockey fans can have a, a Henrik Lundqvist story or two because, like I say, when you think of the Rangers, immediately Henrik Lundqvist is the face you see.
1: It's, yeah, like, I, I think... You look at the Rangers teams and, like, is is John Tortorella a coach who bases a lot of his stuff on shot blocking the right coach for one of the better goalies in the league? Like, if the shot gets through, I think Lundqvist will be okay. But, like right. you said, they still have a, a great deal of success there with trips to the conference finals, making it to the postseason every year. Never really felt like the, man, this is the Rangers year. Like, here here come the Rangers. They were always just kind of there though, during Lundqvist's run. Um, Do you think that's it for Lundqvist? Like, there's a lot of talk about goalies. Uh, A lot of goalies are going to be available, but I think even more teams are going to be goalie needy this year. Do you think that Lundqvist gets one more shot with another team?
0: I think it's really, you know, ball in his court, kind of whatever he would like, because it's not going to be a deal that's going to cost, you know, a lot of money. Uh, And I think Henrik Lundqvist at this point doesn't need any more dollars, I'm sure he's okay to play uh, for a a smaller amount. Now, I I think location is big for him, especially if it's going to be a a one-year type of situation. I think a contender or or contender status is is very important to him. This is just me speculating, but that would be my guess at age 38. But the problem I I think he's going to have, Pete, is, like you said, a saturated goalie market where I I don't know – if if somebody would pick a 38-year-old Lundquist over some of the other names on there. But I will say this, in a flat cap, and the fact that you know he is going to be a cheaper deal, that may play to his advantage. But again, I think it's all up to him and, and what he wants to do. And quite frankly, I have no idea what his thoughts are on, on playing next season.
1: Yeah, and he feels like one where – it would be really weird to see him in another jersey, right? And, and not just because he was with the Rangers for so long, but he just felt New York to me, you know? Like wearing the suits, looking as devil. That's so what I mean. I can't picture him is, living like, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, like I, I just, all, all due respect to our, our friends up north, I don't really see him with the Oilers, you know? Like that, that just, that doesn't necessarily seem like the fit there. Like he's not, even though it's not that far away. Dude's not a New Jersey devil, you know, like there, it, it just it, it it feel weird not seeing him on Broadway at Madison Square Garden with the Rangers jerseys that haven't changed for 100 years. Like it, it just I am I, all for guys continuing to play and continue to make a living and continuing to pursue a Stanley Cup. But if Lundquist was just like, yo, I'm out, man, uh, I, I would completely understand and almost be OK with it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think there's certain places where you could maybe squint hard enough and and maybe see it. Uh, I know the one that that comes to mind for a lot of people because it is a 40-minute train ride away. And, you know, they're they're a team with a young goaltender that they could use maybe a veteran backup, even though they've got Brian Elliott. We know the relationship he has with with Carter Hart. I know that some people wanting, and, and mostly Flyer fans, but people wanting to see Henrik Lundqvist in a Flyer uniform where goalies go to die I don't know if that's where I want to see him end his career but it would have to be something like that where location makes a ton of sense because I'm with you he you know not only you know does he you know scream a New York Ranger he just he looks like a guy who belonged on Manhattan from day one and and that's where he was and I I can't picture it you know um, somewhere like a a Carolina or or even a Florida I, I guess maybe a Florida but uh, Tampa or the Panthers aren't going to go out and get his services. So you can cross that one off, off the, uh, off the list. So, um, we'll, okay. we'll see, but, um, I, I, do think location would have to play a big, big role. And, and, uh, on top of that, if it, just because you're in a good location doesn't mean you're going to sign him if you're going to lose, you know, 40 games next year. So we'll have right. to, to see what happens. And, and I do think, like I said before, and I've said this the last couple of weeks, the uncertainty of next season, uh not yeah. only the start date but what it looks like and, and what our world looks like amid this pandemic um he might not want to play either so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what happens
1: that's an interesting one for him too because it's like i would imagine his off season is awesome like i don't know what he does but i bet it's dope and, and like he's just like just hanging out just having the best life and like oh hockey now okay well i guess i'll go be the best in the world at it so yeah if he gets three months of that and say yeah I don't really wanna come back. Um, I could see that. One team that does intrigue me, and I know we're, we're kind of guessing along and a lot of things have to happen before we get to this point. We've talked about Hudobin maybe pricing himself out of Dallas. I wonder if they go Henrik Lundqvist there for a year. I, this would depend on what the, the readiness they feel of Jake Ottinger. But with no Hudobin, I don't think if you're Dallas, you're going, oh, okay, that's fine. Bishop's got 60 games this year, right? So I think bringing in a reliable veteran backup, and then if Bishop goes down, you have Lundquist who can also mentor Jake Ottinger. I, I just wonder if that is a, a role and a fit that might work for him.
0: And if Pat was here right now, he would be all over the one that I'm going to say, because I do like your Dallas scenario, but... Uh, a team that doesn't necessarily – like I know that he was pushing for it when it came to, to Jacob Markstrom on like a three-year super deal that are just really high cap hit for the next three seasons. And that doesn't scream like something that Joe Sackick is, is ever going to do. But I do wonder a one-year deal with the Avalanche if you're Lundquist. It's a contender. It's a team that you know has a lot of youth
1: to keep you young. Uh, I, I wonder if maybe that's something that he looks at as well. Oh, and doing some – like you said – they're going to be a contender for sure. Like do a bit of cup chasing. I I like that suggestion a lot too. That's a good one.
0: So we'll have to wait and see. That's certainly another big name. And and a, as you said, the uh, the goalie market being as, as big as it is, he might be able to squeak in there just just because of cost and the fact that there is teams out there that would be willing to do a one year deal and and would like that better than you know four or five with some of the other goalies they would have to sign the open market. So the goalie market, I think, is the one that a lot of people are going to be most fascinated with as, as the offseason unfolds, because not only are there a lot of available names, but almost every single name out there is involved in some sort of rumor. So uh, I think I speak for all hockey fans when I say that's where uh, most of their attention is going to be spent in this offseason.
1: There is going to be a lot to focus on during the offseason including the draft coming up next week October 6th and 7th uh listen before during and after for in-depth analysis you uh, you can expect from the Home for Hockey in Calgary, the first round going October sixth at five. The second round is at nine thirty a.m. on October the seventh. Tune in for full details on these prospects as they get ready to take the next step in their hockey career. Uh, we have very in-depth coverage here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. A lot of prep going into our draft coverage that gets going next week, and a lot of great sponsors on board, including SML Entertainment. Make this time at home with your family more exciting with pool tables, pinball, ping pong, beach. Comer and Caldera hot tubs and more visit smlentertainment.com. We'll put a bow on Hockey Central at noon next here on Sportsnet 960. The fan.
0: Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The fan.
1: See, I've learned not to talk over that because my mic sucks. I was going to say, you're I'm a
0: seasoned tall. vet now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's only taken what ten years, and I finally figured some stuff out. So uh, it's it's about time. I'm a late bloomer. As they would say. Uh, welcome back. This is Hockey Central at noon. I'm Peter Klein with a functioning mic, 98% of the time. Uh, Will Nault is hovering right around 100%. And if Logan's screws up, then it's probably Jeff's fault. Uh, we are continuing Hockey Central at noon. Coming up at two o'clock today, it is the Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays game two of the American League Wild Card Series here on Sportsnet 960. The fans. So a lot to get to between now and then. Uh, off-season preparations well underway for the Calgary Flames and the rest of the National Hockey League as we approach the NHL draft. Uh, One of the the interesting things, Will, in, in looking at this draft Obviously, you have a couple big names at the top and a pretty deep group overall. A lot of teams, and this I mean, happens every year as teams make pushes, but a lot of teams with multiple first-round picks and a lot of intriguing teams, we just talked about one with the New York Rangers. They have two picks in the first round. Uh, one of them is the number one pick. But I, I, I really look at this Rangers team with all the cap space they have freed up and with Probably getting Lafreniere with having another pick in the at the 22nd overall spot, that being uh Carolinas in a, a Brady Shea deal. I, I think the Rangers are one of the more intriguing teams going into this offseason in the NHL.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're banging on with that, Pete. And they were a team that a lot of people watched last year. Obviously, they made the Jacob Trouba trade. They brought Adam Fox in from Carolina, the former flame draft pick, and then, you know, all the players up front that they continue to grow. And how could you forget? with a massive free agent signing of uh, Panera, Panarin. So the Rangers have made a lot of good moves, and they certainly have made the pivot, obviously, today. With the Lundquist decision, they've made the last move. They've kind of really turned that page. The only guy still there from previous regimes, really, is Chris Kreider. I know Zabandajad's a somewhat long-time Ranger, but he wasn't there for the deep runs or anything like that. So um, this is really kind of a new page for the Rangers, and, and we know that the rumor mill is out there earlier this week. It was, you know, some lots of cold water was, was poured on it, but they certainly are a team that's going to be lurking in the weeds, obviously not this season, but certainly next season. If it doesn't go well for the Buffalo Sabres, they'll be right there in the conversation with Jack Michael and then you mentioned the two first round picks this summer and not to uh, not to forget how deep the free agent market is and the fact that every player wants to, you know, who doesn't want to be rich and play in New York. So uh, they've got a lot <laughs> of things going for them, Pete, and, and I, I'm with you. I think they are a team that I'm, I'm fascinated to see what plays out, whether it be uh, a trade or, or in free agency. They're, they're going to need to do something on their blue line. Uh, they've got, you know, five guys under contract on the NHL roster. I know that Uh, D'Angelo is an RFA but he will sign eventually he's got arbitration rights as well I don't love Brendan Smith at 4.35 but only one year left uh, for him they got rid of Mark Stahl so I I do think they're going to want to bring in another veteran defender and I do wonder with the cap space do they do that uh, with a trade or or are they going to be a team Pete that goes out and gives seven or eight years to Alex Petrangelo I know it can't be eight years unless it's a sign and trade but uh, I wonder mm. if they might be a, a a team that's in the playing for the former or current Blues captain.
1: Yeah, and and we've certainly seen uh, just like you said, going back to last off season, Jeff Gordon ain't afraid of the home run swing. Uh, the dude likes to really get after it, and, and I think the Rangers too. With when you look at the roster, like on the wing, that they're set for a while. I would say you, you know with uh, with Panarin, Kreider, uh, Buchnevich, Kako. We're assuming they're adding Lafreniere, uh, depending on who you talk to, I suppose. Uh, But on, on the wing they're set, down the middle, I still think there's a need. And like you said, on the blue line, I think there's a need... I don't know if it's if it's going to come to fruition or what a trade would look like. But when you look at what the Flames could potentially be offering with uh, a big shakeup, whether it be if Sean Monahan's name gets floated out there or, as we've discussed sometimes, the potential availability of a Noah Hannafin, I think there's a couple of ways where the Flames and the Rangers actually sync up trade wise, at least from the Rangers needs perspective.
0: Yeah. And I do wonder what pieces Calgary would offer or what they would be interested in getting from the New York Rangers. Cause I think we've talked about this and I, I, I do believe you're in agreement. Like if they are to make a, a significant move or a subtraction anyways from their current roster, I, I would say that they're looking for NHL pieces to come back in return, just based yeah. on the fact that we all anticipate them, you know, kind of remaining a team that spends quite a bit of money and, and sees themselves in that playoff window. Certainly, uh, maybe not quite a contender status, but but certainly as a playoff team. So uh, they're going to want some some NHL pieces back. And and who on that Ranger roster, if you're to cobble together a trade, what what interests you if you're the Calgary Flames, Pete?
1: Yeah, like obviously there is a couple big names that would be like, oh well, this would be great, but like it's not happening. I, I do wonder, like, uh, it's not the sexiest of names, but like anytime I watch a Rangers game. Pavel Buchnevich is just doing all of the things. And a guy who has scored 20 in this league before probably gets back to that point if this season doesn't end as abruptly as it does. I know that there would have to be a multitude of other things coming back the other way. But when you look at the number of wingers that this team has, I wonder if him at 25 years old um, kind of becomes a a bit expendable from a a Rangers point of view. Like I said, I'm not doing Monaghan for Bucinavish one for one. And all right, turning the franchise around, baby. But I I do wonder if that's one of the the building points from a a, a Flames-Rangers potential deal.
0: Yeah, but the only thing I would say is I think – your love for Pavel Buchnevich is also shared inside the Ranger front office. I I don't know if they're a guy that, or he's a guy they want to uh, quickly dispose of, but as you say, it could just be made expendable based on some things that we anticipate playing out, i.e. drafting uh, Lafreniere. So I, I, I do wonder about that, but, uh, again, I, I think they love him too much. I, I do think if you're going to trade for him, it would have to be a piece like a Monahan, And I, I don't know if I'm doing that if I'm Calgary. So um, yeah. it, it's it's certainly one to, to watch. And I do think the Rangers are going to be a team that's going to be lurking in the weeds, as I say. I, I just don't know, Pete, if there's a direct match for the Flames at this point.
1: Yeah, it would have to be a, a few things probably coming back, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you're going to get, like, the, okay, well, now they've completely turned it around with this top three forward. Like, I think it would be uh, a few things that that work their way back. Um, j- just quickly, we, we've talked about it a little bit. Are, are you with me in the assumption that Lafreniere is the one that the Rangers are going to go to? Because I do think, like, he is one of those, like, franchise-type guys. But Quinton Byfield doesn't suck. And when you look at the needs of the New York Rangers – that of all the teams at the top of this draft who would be thinking a bit more about a Quentin Byfield than um, Alexi Lafreniere I think the Rangers would be at the top just because of again how deep they are at the wing and how lacking they are down the middle
0: yeah 100% and I, I think they're gonna go Lafreniere I, I don't think they're gonna go Byfield I, I think this is one of those you know late to the draft push the number two overall guy to make it a story but I I don't see that happening myself, but um, we'll uh, we'll have to wait to see what next Tuesday brings and who the Rangers, you know, whose name they call at number one overall. But I do think it's going to be the forward from Ramouski.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. I think when like. We, we've seen this happen a couple of times because he's been the number one guy in this draft class since people started talking about this draft class. Like, he has been the one the whole time. And at some point, people kind of just get bored. It's like, oh, I don't know, quitting Byfield. Sure, why not? There's a kid in Germany who played really well. Like, I, I think sometimes people, especially when you've been focusing on it, as some of the draft experts have for three, four years, there's just kind of a, you start to look at reasons why he won't be instead of the reasons why he is. And I, I think going away from Lafreniere, would be like the definition of getting a little bit too cute when you're looking at the uh, the NHL draft but uh, as you said, we shall see. If you want to learn more about these players you already have been because the player profiles have been playing here at Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Matty Rose giving you all the information you need on these young men who are about to enter the National Hockey League. Sportsnet 960 The Fan's 2020 NHL Draft player profiles brought to you by Mammoth Insurance bringing insurance out of the Age, find them at mammothinsurance.ca. That's going to do it for Hockey Central at noon. A sprint to the finish of the big show. Uh, we have a lot to get in. The Blue Jays, pitching decisions. Were they good? Weren't they good? We will discuss. Also, Matt Stage and coming up in a one-hour edition of the big show, leading you up to the Blue Jays and the Rays. Next here on SportsNet 960 The Fan.